What's up, what's up, what's up, friends, family, and fans? It is I, your most favorite person in the world. Not while I'm sitting here. Oh, hold on. This is what you're not going to do. Okay. Welcome, everyone. This is Stone Stafford, your host, sitting along with the other host. <laughs> <laughs> he fixed it, baby. Thank you very much. Okay, little backstory. Because <laughs> Simone, I don't even think he knows this. Can we do that once we start? No. So back to it, I was They're not making any money. They've been running for three, four years just for free. And it's like, oh, okay, but like my come up's coming. Oh, okay, but my come up's coming. And I feel kind of both sides of that situation, especially for like my generation. So, so what, what, what are you talking about, bro? Now that you done broke up our format. I, <laughs> so what, what, what you did was got me in trouble because my wife, um, proofreads uh, is what I'm gonna call our episodes when we put them out. She was listening. Yeah, that's what she was doing. Proofreading. Well, no, 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 no. She, she's not listening. No, no. She she listens to correct the errors that's happening. In there. It wasn't an error. It's a preference. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, just, <laughs> well, she heard you call yourself the host and call me call me the co-host, and she said, "Wait a minute, baby." But when you have two hosts, <laughs> then when you then talk about are, one, then both, then, are, then then both, are, both the are the co-hosts. But yeah. see, the way you did it was. I am your host. And because I the, introduce. I, but just, if you introduce, you'll be like, I'm your host, Johnny Bond, with my co-host, Stone. We are your hosts. My management. That's what you, yeah. So, in case my, you don't know what, what channel, in case correct. you don't know what podcast you clicked on, this is life, where we listen and inspire friends in entertainment. Welcome, y'all. Sorry for the hoopla. It habit, wasn't even my grievance. For the haberdashy hemoglobin type of intro. Hemoglobin. Shout out to Tony Baker. Yo, we are to have our next installment of our Come Up series, and we are yeah. sitting with the lovely and the talented Simone Torres. No, no, no. Torres. Again, what you're not going to do uh, is downplay Simone Torres. You got to say- I was going to get into all of the multi-platinum Grammy-nominated, engineer, vocal-producing, talented, beautiful Simone Torres. Cute. <laughs> That That's how you do it. That's oh, the yeah. yeah. worst much. intro of this podcast ever. But Simone, welcome. <laughs> thank you so I'm much. I'm sorry you had to witness all of that tomfoolery. No, I love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> a lot 100%. of it just has to do with the fact that I'm really happy and giddy right now. Because this, this is the thing. Simone is a friend of mine, like a real friend of mine. Like mm-hmm. I, and I haven't seen her physically put my eyes on her in three years. And it's just, I'm excited that she's here. Because I thought we Me were going to be doing this via the Zooms. I'm so glad. And it just happened to be in town. Happened Me to and surprise. I don't know if she surprised me on purpose, but like Look was here. Was like, hey, Jay, I'm here. I'm like, what? So yeah, I'm just kind of giddy right now, like on some schoolgirl stuff. So I'm, that's all. I'm, so I'm, to be clear, so you guys yeah. understand who we are sitting with. Now, every time I say Simona, I swear I'm trying to hold myself from saying Biles. Don't do that. I'm not. It's just just out of because I don't know any other Simona. Wrong yeah, complexion, Simone? different like, industry. Yeah, it has nothing to do with it. She's literally the only second Simone I kind of even. That's really good. Know. Simone's a unique <laughs> name, I yeah, guess. I love it. So. So she, as I like, I said, uh, so Simone Torres, she is a multi-platinum nominated mm-hmm. uh, engineer and vocal producer. Which usually, when you're a vocal producer, you can go ahead and slide in that they're a vocalist. And we'll talk about that a little bit. <laughs> uh, she's from New York, right? Uh-huh, she's yeah. from New York. Uh, some of her credits, you've heard her work on like Normani, Jesse J, Camila Cabello, Cardi B, Monster X, Sia, Kane Brown, Usher, Superfruit. We can go on and on and on and on and on. So when I say she's legit, she's legit. What up? What up? Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for tolerating us. Thank uh, you we, for we, coming. We oh, stop. I'm so happy to be in Atlanta. 
<laughs> so yeah, so what brought you to Atlanta? Anyways, um, stamps. Yeah, so stamps. I went to Berkeley, went mm-hmm. to college for this, moved to LA afterwards because I wanted to work for Kukurel. Yeah. Um and he was working on anti at the time. I had done a lot of things to try and make it so that I was someone that could be valuable to intern even for someone like that for like the past two years. So I was like, bet, going to LA, gonna make it so that I can intern for Kukurel. I get there, I'm working part-time jobs for a company, you know, an AV company, which is where mm. I met my friend here. We're not talking uh, about that, we'll though. We'll talk about that, yeah. <laughs> That's for, not on this podcast. That's what I'm talking <laughs> But, um, yeah, so I ended up finally meeting with him. It's a long story, but mm. met with him and then started interning for him. And, like, a month in, he's like, if you want to keep working with me, move to Atlanta. Because that's where he was based. And I was like, right. bet. So I had, I had been in L.A. September to December, and then I moved to Atlanta and was in Atlanta for, like, five years. Nice. Yeah. You said something in there that is going to strike a chord with me. You said you wanted to go somewhere or I don't know if you said somewhere or if it was specifically with him, specifically with him and you yeah. said you wanted to make yourself valuable. Yeah. So talk about that. Yeah. So I'll speak on that because so I didn't know that vocal production was an option. I didn't know it was a thing, a mm-hmm. career, anything until I learned about Kook in one of my classes. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is like the perfect culmination of I had come up as a singer. I started gigging with my dad when I was nine years old, mm-hmm. singing at weddings, corporate events. Uh, two to five times a week until I graduated college. So I'd been a singer for so long. I loved the engineering side, loved that part, but I didn't know that vocal production existed. So right. when I learned about it and I learned about Kuka, I was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I want to do. And he is the best at it. Like, yeah. he, you know, real that talk. was at his level, you know, that's real. real. And I was like, that's who I want to work for. So then um, I was like, okay, how can I make myself valuable to somebody like that. So like I interviewed people that he had worked with before on his workflow so that um, I could practice it before I got the chance to be in front of him so that, you know, that gave me a leg up. I um, sent different kinds of promo things to his office, didn't get here back. I tried, uh, I learned how to build mics and take them apart. And I worked in the tech shop to, you know, be able to do that skill. I learned how to tune vocals. Like I would just record myself singing bad and like practice doing that. Cause I was like, okay, I could bring that kind of value there. And I also had a business degree. I was like, cool. Like I could help with that kind of stuff too. Mm-hmm. So I was just honestly trying to figure out any way that I can make it so that if I had that opportunity, you know, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Right. Yeah. Hey, love it. Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Man. So let me get, let me get this straight. Yeah. So you didn't wait. This is, this is where he gets, <laughs> this is where Stone likes to get preachy. You didn't wait until the opportunity came <laughs> and then got prepared. Do you mean to tell me, young lady, you had the gall, <laughs> the gall, and the audacity to go out of your way and put forth effort to prepare before the opportunity? Is that what you're telling me right now? Uh, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. How dare you want to succeed? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you want to succeed? <laughs> I almost feel like sometimes Stone has this disposition that everybody just wants to fail and nobody wants to do any hard work. Oh no, I think. Or maybe it's just the people in his circle because he just always seems surprised when he runs into somebody that does the pre-leg work. Just a breath of fresh air, man. No, that is awesome. Be careful, Simone. He'll ask you to come work for him. Don't get snatched up. I probably can't afford Simone. All right, so that was awesome. So how did you? So how did it finally break open? So I had told everyone and their mom that I knew that I was trying to make this happen, and so one of my teachers at Berkeley, Prince Charles Alexander, I had hey shout out to Prince Charles, that's his real name, y'all, by the way, Prince Charles, and that's who I learned about 
it was in his class I learned about kook. Mm. So he knew. And so I was singing at the Berkeley commencement concert um, for our graduation. And I had Carl Beatty. I don't know if you, yeah, you know, Carl. I know Carl. Yep. I know the name. So he came up to me backstage one night. He's like, I heard you're trying to get in contact with Kukarel. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, of course I am. And he's just like, we're going to try to help you make that happen. And I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> and so I go about my life, right? The plug. I, I, Carl just, and then Carl fades into the distance, whatever. I get a text. Poor Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Carl. No, Carl is the, the goat. So I get a text one day, like July. Commencement was in May. In July, I get like a text because I, I did summer semester. And it was just like, uh, hey, this is Cody, Cook's assistant. Like, Cook says you could text him. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, okay, bet. Like, meanwhile, I had tried many different ways on my own to get in contact and I couldn't. Right. And so I was just like, oh my God. And then he, he responded when I texted him. He was just like, bet, like, let me know when you're in LA. And I was like, cool. So I'm going to move to LA. And so then I moved oh, to wow. LA. <laughs> just, not like I'm going to fly out there to meet, but I'm going to just I'm gonna move. I'm going to move because I one of the people that worked with him, Miles Walker, who mm-hmm. I had interviewed, mm-hmm. um, uh, he, I knew that he was working on anti in LA. And I was like, bet, I'm going to move to LA. So five days after graduation, moved to LA. Got an apartment, mattress on the floor, got a job working part-time at this company called PSAV because I knew that I would be able to support myself with that. But it was part-time so that I could make my own hours. So if I could work for Kook, that I could still support myself while doing that. So that turned into a, you know, a a whole thing that was able to support me, which was great. Um, So did that. And then I was in LA, let him know that I was in LA and then crickets. Right, move so out I, here for nothing. Is that what's dude, going so here? I get out here September. I'm just like bet, bet, bet. I was like, let me get settled before I text him. And I remember I was at Hugo's Tacos uh, in in Studio City, sitting there like telling my roommate, okay, it's time. I'm gonna text him, thinking that this would just be like a thing. And he's just like, great. Like, hope you're settling. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> oh, and then so a few times um, it happened where like he would he would agree to meet with me and it would fall through because he had things going on. But I had made myself so prepared that at all times I had a bound thing in my car that had like letters of recommendation specific to me working with him, like my resume, all this stuff. And I had like a pressed dress shirt always in my car because I was like, okay, I don't know when this is going to happen. And so there are a few times that this, like it almost happened. I would like wait around. He'd be like, Oh, I'm in the studio with so-and-so. Um, I'll let you know when I'm done. And so I would just like hang out in the area because my tra- traffic was really bad from the valley to there. And I was like, okay. So you got there early? <laughs> you got there early. Continue, please. Well, I can't yeah. people just tell stories around you. Yeah, it's so funny. Because he's dropping nuggets. They can't, nuggets. Afford, they can't afford to miss them. <laughs> Like these are things that get glossed over. Here's here's why. And yeah. and and I I everybody saw a drum line. And I am interrupting you. <laughs> you're on time if you're five minutes early. You're late if you're on time. Right. Everybody knows that. And we're listening to the story, right? So people are hearing I have the press shirt probably, or they're hearing all the big stuff. But it's the little yeah. stuff, like the I got there early so I wouldn't get stuck in traffic ahead of time. Like those, it's those tiny little things that actually make the big difference. And so I'm being funny yeah. about it, and maybe a little rude, cutting you off. No. But I can't afford for the listeners to pass that. Anybody up. who's been to LA knows you got to get somewhere early so you don't get late. You That's know what? A, Same with Atlanta. Kind of here too, but it still don't work. So <laughs> same with LA. But please continue. But I'm only interrupting just because you're you're you really are. Give me some good gems. That, that Just to give you some backstory, a lot of this stuff goes out to the babies, the younglings. Who were you before yeah, you no, moved sure. from yeah. to LA? It's yeah, the, the kids who consume that and they haven't That's seen great. like the whole. They, they see the glitz and the glam. I love it when they That's come. That's what to I want to talk about, though. And they, exactly. Yeah. They walk around, they see the plaques, they sell that stuff, and exactly. they think that, that stuff just right. magically happens. Uh-uh. And My first plaque I got for something that I did for free. Like, like 
that's the thing. So like that part of the journey, I really want to touch on it. Even like working for the AV companies and like doing all that stuff. Like I used to, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but I used to go work AV from like seven to seven and then go be with Kook at whatever session he was at, just change in my car, go be there until the next morning and then go back to the other place. Right. And like, that's just, you kind of do what you got to do for a minute, you know? Like, right. um, but going back to what I was, I was saying, um, yeah. So anyway, do that a bunch of times. It fell through like three months, two, like a month and a half in, I'm starting to get a little discouraged because there were a bunch of times where this was falling through and I was not taking anything full time. And I started to get other offers at that time. Mm. Um, and I was like holding out for Kook. I had an offer at the village. Um, cause I could just go the typical, the normal runner route, like as an engineer there. And, um, now are you getting these offers? Cause you actually applied to these places. I'm or? going out and like networking okay. and doing all, all that. Right. Yeah. And through relationships, like through so Berkeley. you're not putting all your eggs necessarily in one basket. You're still no. I was prioritizing that basket for right. sure, but right. I was making sure to still be talking Excellent. to other people. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, my friend. I remember I was at a restaurant with my friend. She was like, "Just try one more time and be like specific about how you're asking. Be like, I'm in. T- I'm in this part of town. Um, um, would around this time work?" And I was like, "Okay, that's kind of forward, but I'm gonna try it." And so then I did it, and then it worked. And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And so then I just headed there. And I remember I was so nervous and I had been spending so long just trying to make it so that I could be someone valuable to someone like that. And I met with him um, and he, the, one of the first things he said to me, he was like, you could work for whoever you want. Why do you want to work for me, hmm. work with me? And that to me was just so crazy because I didn't care about anything else. You know, right. I was just like, <gasps> you know, like, who am I? And so, yeah, um, that's from that day I started working with him. And then that was October. All right, I got to um, pull a stone. Yeah, I have to pull a stone right now. Yeah. So the small thing in that mm-hmm. is in that whole process, because I, I kind of went through something similar. You made yourself so valuable that somebody valuable saw you as an asset to somebody else yeah. and wondered mm. why you would want to be there. Mm. The level of focus and dedication it takes to do this. I've, I've had someone say the same thing to me. Yeah. Like, why would you want to be here when you could go do anything yeah. else? And then you don't even realize I yeah, all of the work I did just to be there for you literally did open every door for me. Mm-hmm. But it is still right. what you want to do. Yeah. Like that's the that's that's the whole shoot for the stars. But if you miss, you still land on the moon kind right. of thing. Like oh, it's yeah. it's 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 a hyper laser being focused that people forget. And I think that's even more so important than the actually no, I'm not gonna say that. The being on time stuff is definitely important. But but making <laughs> your making yourself better than what good enough is. Yeah. and and making it an afterthought yeah because i know how good you are like i I've, I've seen you walk into rooms where you were in in my arena and yeah, i'm yeah. like damn i'm gonna go home because she don't even need me I'll here no stop. more like it, but i mean that's the thing stop. like everything that i've watched her touch she she zones in on it she's like she wants to learn mm-hmm. every single thing about it right. and i back, even back when i was still tracking before i quit tracking i just went to mixing mm-hmm. i would have interns come in the studio and they'd sit they wouldn't ask a single question. Right, right. Because all they want to do is be yeah. a producer. Yeah. I'm like, don't you want to understand how this console works? Right. Have yeah. you mastered signal flow from analog mm-hmm. to digital back to end? Like, do you know? Yep. Okay, cool. Right. And right. then when production doesn't work out, now you don't have a job because you've pigeonholed yourself into mm-hmm. doing one thing. Hey. Yeah. So I think I, th- I think that's one of those things that you definitely don't want to gloss over is that in saying everything that you did, all of the work you yeah. put into it, making yourself valuable to that also made you valuable to everybody else yeah. and it gave you options. That's and having exactly options is the biggest, that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing. Yeah. And I will say like even then though, I I didn't know anything. Like, I mean, even in learning all that stuff, like so much of what you learn is when you start your career and, and you're around people like that and and you go, like, I mean, you go to school and you, and you study all this stuff to get you to a certain point. But to me, I feel like that was 
that I feel like when I started with Kook, yes, I had learned a bunch of stuff prior to, but I feel like that was the beginning of more of my education, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, because when I started engineering, I came from knowing nothing about engineering or producing. I just did it because I, I was a singer for so long and I was sick of – we had these scholarship portfolios that we had to do for Berkeley. And I was sick of – I had been singing for so long. I had no recordings that I was proud of. And I remember there was this one guy who charged me like 400 bucks to hit record on two songs that I had brought karaoke tracks to, me singing it through once each time, wouldn't let me punch anything, one take each, no auto to no reverb, no anything. And I was like, this is so dumb. I need to learn this on my own. Like this mm. is – I'm not doing this anymore. And that's why I got into engineering that in the first ask, place. I was going to ask how you got into engineering. Yeah, because I, I mean I had been singing for so long. I had no recordings that I was proud of and I didn't know how to communicate what I didn't like about them. I just knew mm. they didn't feel like me. Right. And I didn't know – yeah. So anyway, that's why I started doing it. Um, I don't know where I was going with no, that. No, no. But actually but- <laughs> I was, was going to ask you why engineering. How did you guys yeah. – so basically <laughs> – you were like, I could do this myself. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I need to learn how was, to. You yeah, need to learn how to do it. Yeah, because I was sick of putting that power in other people's hands. Um, now, was it a thing where once you started doing it, then you literally or genuinely enjoyed it? Oh, yeah, and it became it. Or really, okay. Yeah, I mean, I loved it because I always loved math. My mom's a calculus teacher. My dad, my uh, that grandpa. That explains a lot. That explains so much. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just got nauseous. Yeah, no, I mean, I always loved it. Well, because my mom made math fun, and my grandpa was like the head Aww. of his math department too. And so I thought engineering was so cool because I was like, wow, this is like the STEM behind the mu- like music, like yeah. and that's so cool. Yeah. So I got super into it. But then when I figured out vocal production was a thing, I was like, <gasps> what? Right. This is great. Now you went to Berkeley <laughs> College of Music. Excellent school thank you i would i would call it the yale of music schools (laughs) right oberlin's out there but yeah well you have yale you got princeton you got harvard (laughs) this is true pick one (laughs) so do you think that going to school for now did you go to school for music business or just for business oh so at berkeley Uh it's everything's music that's right yes that's what i figured so do you think going to a music school Mm -hmm. right like people call do you think that helped um i think that it helped Yes, absolutely. And the networking piece, though, was everything. I mean, like that's the education piece. Obviously, you learn so much. But more the thing that I think makes a school like Berkeley worth it is the networking. Like even like now I'm working on a there's just infinite colleagues that I have that are all Berkeley people. And it's like, oh, my gosh, we were peer advisors together. Oh, my gosh, we were mentors together. Um, And now they're at X, Y and Z positions that it's. It's a beautiful thing. I want to harp on this, yeah, because this is where I screwed up in my career, and mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't know if it was intentional arrogance, um, but there were a lot of organizations and groups that I probably should have joined when I went to college. I was bitter about my college days because I, mm. I never wanted to go. I literally went Got so it. my mom would leave me alone. Um, Got it. I did network, but I mean, I was already kind of working prior to getting to school. Yeah. But I didn't tap into a lot of those things. I didn't do the period virusing. I didn't do the counseling for yeah. the up and coming kids. So I was so focused on working. And then when it actually came time to really network in the industry, yeah. when everybody was out, I had to build those relationships then yeah. when they could have been built in school. Look, now I had relationships with people like Stone, people Amazing, like yeah. Ian, um, people like Billy Clark out in the West, like people who I could call and ask questions to and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But like those people who you would hang with, right? Yeah. You need somebody's couch to sleep on. Like those things were the mm-hmm. intangibles that I did not have because right. I was so focused on work. 
So for the first so four years yeah. after school for me, I didn't have that. Yo, I run into people who I'd worked Got with it. in school, did projects with that. That didn't really exist for me because I was it was a solo thing. So I think that's a really, really huge thing. Like if you go the education route, and this is a completely different conversation because yeah. I, I have my views on, you know, formalized education. Which yeah. is why I wanted to ask her about that because yeah. so many people, they ask me, should I go to this school? I definitely want to get to that. Yeah. But I mean, like if you choose that route, mm-hmm. um, don't just maximize the educational part because, like, what Simone said, like, she learned so much there. And I mean, I did. I learned a lot in college too. But the first yeah. thing you learn when you get out there in the real world is the pros and amateurs are it's complete. You can literally throw half of the stuff you learned in school out the window because mm-hmm. it doesn't. It's, Thank you it's for not saying that. Yes. And this isn't trashing the school. Absolutely no, not. but at I all. just want people to understand what you really should be getting from there. And yes, I've always said that to people before. And I used to speak. Uh, I used to speak at Kennesaw State all the time, the mm-hmm. College of Music over there. And I, always, and I held up this one kid's book and I was like, this right here is not why you're here. Mm-hmm. So all this money you paying for this school and I waved it and I threw it on the ground. I was like, this is not why you're here. Mm-hmm. I say, honestly, you can go to YouTube University or Google College for that. Yep. But Amen. I said, it's the networking. It's knowing how to work with people, Absolutely. getting along with people you don't like, da, 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 da. So and learning how to learn. And to do too. it from someone that lived it and to hear it from someone that actually yeah. lived that yeah. is, is, is big. So uh, yeah. you're super hyper talented. I mean, that, go, that kind of goes without saying. I mean, we, we know that. And I mean- Anyone who hasn't heard you as a vocalist, I'm, they will be blown away. Thank Can you. we get a little riff real quick? Just hit, hit me on the spot. <laughs> no, Go ahead. No, hit, no. Hit, 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 I'm not here for that. I'm here to I talk about the whole production. You, girl, you're here to do what I ask you. No, it's gonna, <laughs> oh, oh, damn, wait okay. a minute. Just, oh, my gosh. <laughs> First of all, she's Hispanic from New York, so I already know what that is. There's a razor blade somewhere in the tongue of cheek. Shout out to, hey, shout out to, um, yeah, he know. to Maria <laughs> yeah, Lopez. <laughs> East Side Trenton. But uh, I was no. I was just gonna I ask why. Maybe later, Stone. Y'all is so funny. I don't know. I've always been so weird with that about right. that. Like when people are just like sing. Do that. I'm just like somebody <laughs> finds out I work in radio. Do your radio voice, like dude. What? It's like what? So I yeah, I know. I, I know. Back when I used to do adult films, like well. That's, oh, that's another oh, thing. Okay. Yeah, well, but go ahead. Whip it out. Okay. Well, <laughs> anyways, we were talking about education. Why did you choose? Why, why did you choose school? Because like, just just like all of your prep, I'm gonna ignore this that I actually got sucked like, into that. <laughs> I hate I hate when I let you bait me and I actually jump off the cliff. So education. Education. Why, why, did, why did you pick that? Because I mean, so, again, you had options yeah. other than Cook because of the preparation. Yeah. School yeah. before college, you had options because you had a lot of preparation. But I, did, I didn't then. I mean, I did. So I started gigging with my dad when I was nine because he started an entertainment company. He was a parole officer. They cut his overtime. He used to be a DJ. He used to rap with Biz Marquee and like a bunch of people on Long Island. So he was like, okay, how can I make money? Started this entertainment company. So I started singing and gigging really young. Hmm. But for me, I didn't know my options really in college, in high school. I wasn't that into school. Like I really liked math. Hmm. I didn't ever got bad grades, but I never like super excelled. I did like some AP classes, whatever. For college, I thought my options were – I learned about Berkeley and then other than that, I thought it was just be a music teacher, mm. you know, because yeah. like at that time, like, I mean, it wasn't really I – I never saw anyone like me producing or engineering. I didn't know what that was, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's a super male-dominated industry as we see. Like there's been like some amazing, you know, women that have done it that are doing it, but I didn't know about them, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm there and I'm just like, okay – Honestly, the suburbs that I was from on Long Island, it, that was just a given. You go to college if you, and that's what you do, which I think is, it, it's just so upsetting because now, you know, everyone comes out, not everyone, but a lot of people come out with all these student loans that are ridiculous that they're right. never going to be able to pay yeah. off. Right. And it's like you could have learned what you did in some instances 
on YouTube, right. on lynda.com, on all the, from the library, like from all these different um, resources. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was just kind of, unfortunately, I didn't feel like I had a choice. It was just, I was going to go to college. I was going to take out loans to go to college. It was just a matter of where I was going. Right. Berkeley was the place that I wanted to go the most, obviously. Um, and I, I mean, I, I do, I just want to talk about this a little bit because it's a little. Go, Mike, let me, go. <laughs> let it you be broke. <laughs> because I'm just going to be honest. Cause I mean, I worked three jobs throughout college, had two majors, a minor. I was a peer advisor, a mentor, all these things. Because I was like, if I'm you going to. nuts. Oh, I was a crazy person. I just what? didn't sleep. I was a crazy person because I was like, I'm taking out all these loans. You're still running on caffeine now. <laughs> no, is... I'm good. I barely drink caffeine now. <laughs> I know you're from Long Island, but you're still Jamaican, man. <laughs> is that racist? I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, my point is, I was like, okay, if I'm going to be taking out all these loans to pay for school, I'm going to make the most out of my experiences. So I, I was like, I'm not going to just let anything go by. And so I just threw myself into everything. And that's why the networking piece, like, that's so much of it. So I think that for a place like Berkeley, I think it's worth it. If you're able to do that, if you're doing all the extracurriculars, all the things where you're going to meet all these people, push hard, whatever. If you're just going to go, it's very easy to skate by in a school like that. And then even for any kind of college in entertainment and what we're doing, everything's changing so quickly. You can't really live off the you, school's name anymore. Yeah. It's not even the school's name. It's about even the education, right? So you learn how to learn. Like the things that I learned about like Pro Tools, like whatever, whatever, that's like expired now. I mean, like we're so much further ahead in how you produce and how you do things, whatever, than we were even when I went to school. So it's not really that that you go for. It's you go to learn how to learn, to gain a network of people that are – because everyone's going to grow with you. Yeah, you all start at the same level, but then – this head of uh, publishing is your person that you used to go and like play music with. They're like, right, uh, etc. Right. And that's where the value comes. Like all different A and R's, like that are just like, oh yeah, I need a vocal producer. I remember my friend used to do that. Um, so I, I like think it. It, when you're making that decision, you kind of just have to. It's where the value lies for you, and don't just think that you have to go to school to do this because you do not. Yeah. Right. Um, it depends how you want to get to where you're going. There's so many tentacles in that, but there's Dude. one. There's one thing that you said. And we may have to come back to it. This may be a two-parter for real. <laughs> um, it's going to be, but very possible. Yeah, no, no, it is. Yeah, yeah. okay. But before you, um, before you went to school, like you said something, so you you never saw it. No. And right now, with everything, we're starting to hear the phrase representation is important. absolutely it does. Um, I'm not. Please forgive me if I get this wrong. No. I believe you're a board member with Wham. Um, so I'm a board member for not Wham for um, we are moving the needle. Okay. So it's like. Wetum. <laughs> gotcha. Got, got my acronym. Got my acronyms wrong. Wetum. 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 For we are I'm moving the, mean, the needle. So I'm. Um. So that's founded by Emily Lasser, who is an amazing, amazing mastering engineer. So I'm a board member for that. But okay. I also do things with women, women's audio mission. I've mm-hmm. done stuff for them for a long time. Um. But representation is so important. Like it's so cool that even uh, recently Mattel put out like a a producer Barbie. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, super, wow. yeah. super cool. I, like that's the thing. And I, I'm very involved in a lot of these organizations and doing things like that because mm-hmm. it's, that's what it is. Like you have to be able to see it to be it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a big believer of that. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so, um, yeah, super, super. Important. So, okay. <clears throat> you, you go through all this work to make yourself valuable for this one thing. Mm-hmm. And it has now made you an advocate I've always, but to me, to be fair, even in my days at Berkeley, like I was a, I was a peer advisor and I was a mentor. So that meant that I um, 
I tutored kids in engineering and all that kind of stuff. And I had a group of students every semester that I would like advise and, mm-hmm. and mentor. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had countless female students that would come up to me and be like, oh, like I'm really interested in the engineering piece, but I don't know anything about it. And I'm like, you're in college for a reason. You come here to learn. Mm-hmm. But the but the ev- the thought process is, is like, I mean, all the guys would make it seem like, oh, I've been doing this forever. I've been like blah, blah, blah. Even when, when I started, I had to work so much harder than everybody else because I knew nothing about that stuff. But anyway, so anyway, it's been something that's always been super important to me. And I'm really grateful now to be at a point where I can help other people. It's interesting because like I'm, I, I watch you move through that stuff and it seems yeah. like you do it effortlessly. Aww, because, yes. I mean, you, you meet some advocates and people who speak up for you know yeah. the lack of representation and lack yeah. of visibility. Like My wife is really big on it now. Like She's starting a company. And her main focus is to target um, creating opportunities for BIPOC people, yeah. like mo- mostly primarily women. Yeah. When I meet female engineers and female producers who mm-hmm. are doing it at the level that you're doing it at, yeah. again, gracefully – and again, I know you. So with the lack of arrogance, but yeah. then you're sitting on boards, you're you're coaching up the next generation of people. Like yeah. at some point, it's got to feel heavy. Like it's got to feel like you're swimming against the current at some point. Like how do you actually get through that? Because the industry, I mean, the industry is changing. Yeah, we're for seeing sure. change in a beautiful way. <laughs> but um, the gatekeepers are s- still yeah. there, so to speak. Hundred percent. So there's still challenges. So, like yeah. how, how do you how do you maintain pushing through one for yeah. yourself, but you're trailblazing in the process. Um, I'm very grateful to come after some like really amazing women that have done this, like Susan Rogers, um, uh, Ann Mincelli, um, Leanne Unger, so many amazing engineers, like even Susan and Leanne were teachers of mine at Berkeley. Like I was lucky enough to have teachers like that. And, um, there's just so many people that I've like really pushed. And I think done like a lot of the legwork. I'm really grateful now to be at a point where, it's seen more as an asset than anything, the fact that I'm a woman doing this. And I think that's super cool. I'm really grateful to be at a point in time where that is what's happening. Um, in the beginning of my career, definitely <laughs> got a lot of pushback. Um, I have a lot of stories, but I've now I'm grateful to have made a name for myself at this point in my career so that less of that happens and the times are changing. So less of that is happening. Mm-hmm. Um you know, but even like my management team, my day to day and my main manager, both women. Um, and I don't know, it's just, it's difficult, but oh, I'll, I'll actually tell a story about that. When I first started my, my engineering career, 2016, I was engineering, uh, Jesse J's Rose album. Mm-hmm. It was my first week, um, doing it. And we were working at a studio that no, it was in LA. No one knew me at all. I'm like starting my career. Um, and, <laughs> I was working on Pro Tools and this guy who was the, the engineer at the studio comes up to me and was explaining to me like how to solo things, how to like do all this stuff. And I was like, I'm good. Like, thank you. Like, right. like I'm good. Thank you. you just assume that I didn't know how to like hit S like on Pro Tools. Like, I'm good. Thank you. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's just like, thank you. And then Kook really likes it when um, his talk back button is on a specific side and he hates when it latches because you know like the some of the systems like it'll make it so if you press it less than three seconds it'll latch mm-hmm. and that shit is so annoying mm-hmm. sorry the cursing is bad, yeah, I'm bad. Uh, and that stuff is so annoying <laughs> when you're attracted <laughs> she's a fake <laughs> no it's kidding just I don't be know. You. Like, just be you. Okay, but that's just so annoying when you're tracking. And so, um, I had worked in tech for so long, and so I had asked the engineer there. I was like, "Oh, any way that we can get a different switch?" And he's like, "No, that's just how it is." And I was like, "Okay." And so I went back. I was staying with my friend at the time in LA, my friend Dan. We went to Micro Center. 
I built a switch because I had like Googled the schematic for the console that we were working on and I learned how to, <laughs> what we had to, where to plug it in in the back of the module. And so the next day, he he walks in and I was like behind the console, like legs sticking out, whatever. And he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, like, you know, Cook needs a talkback switch that's on this side. And so I just built one. And he's like, what? what? I was like, yeah, I just built one. And, and <laughs> he was like, oh, oh. so then from there on, he respected me. Right. So but, you got an engineering, like a real engineering <laughs> degree. Like you thought you just meant audio engineering. No, no, no. No, it is audio engineering. She's building circuits and shit. But no, I worked in the tech shop and I, to learn how to do that stuff because I knew that that would bring more value. My point in saying that is it's like, I shouldn't have had to do that. But like from then on, that person respected me and it's like, okay. What? And of course, he told that story to everybody, and then no I need one else <laughs> I need pasties right now. <laughs> I mean, yo, yo, y'all, make sure y'all tune in next week as we continue our time here. <laughs> Simone Torres. <laughs>